<clears throat> Coaches, thanks again for joining us. This is Brian Blackburn with the Pound the Rock podcast. We have Coach Scott Richardson with us today from Cristobal High School. He's the head girls basketball coach and athletic director there. This is our second episode with Coach Richardson, and we're going to talk to him about how to handle player issues as a coach, and how to handle parent issues. This is a huge area of concern for a lot of young coaches, and I think we can all gain advice from Coach here about this because I'm not saying he's a bad coach and has had a ton of parent issues, but if you've been coaching at any time, you've had parent issues. And so, Coach, why don't you just t- tell us a little bit about uh, how to handle player issues, first of all, with your team and your program. I'll tell you that, and you're going to see a theme in both of these for me, but I think first and foremost, communication is key. I think that there has got to be, you have to create as a coach a system of communication with your players. And when I say that, you've kind of got to coach them on that. Uh, First and foremost, you've got to get them to where they're not afraid to come into your office and talk. Uh, you And so you're going to have to reach out to them first before that becomes a comfortable situation. Because as long as you can talk about the issues you're having with players, then some of those things are, you're going to find out are actually really solvable. And they're going to find out they're really solvable. But I think if you don't have good communication, that's where I would say a large percent of our problems come from. It's just a lack of communication. Yeah. As, as a coach, don't you feel like you have to be extremely proactive in, in that area and really, um, you know, coach them up on certain areas. So let's let's talk about being proactive with just uh, a player that's concerned with playing time. How would you handle that situation? They're a bench player. They feel like they should be starting. Yes, sir. And I think that you, you hit it on the head. With, with players and playing time, you need to be clear and you need to be consistent in what you're telling those kids as far as that goes. So, you know, for instance, if you get players that on your team that you know are not going to have a lot of play time, I think you've got to be ahead of it and let them know. I think you've got to sit them down and talk to them and say, this is where you're at, this is what your situation looks like, and this is why it's here. And I think there's got to be an open dialogue and communication so that they know, they know that coming in. And, uh, and that gives them the ability and the freedom to deal with that in a way other than in the heat of the moment. And so I think you, first and foremost, you've got to be clear and you've got to talk to them. Now, that doesn't work always. Sometimes you get in a game and things change and you just can't play a kid anymore and then you're going to have something afterwards, maybe possibly those situations. But I think you've got to talk to those players and be proactive, as you said, about play time and where they sit and all those things. And I also think that that's where film can really come in. I think that when kids see it and they see what you're talking about, then I think it's a lot easier to justify the things that you're doing. It doesn't mean you're always going to agree, but at least you can kind of show that kid some things that you're looking for. I think that's why sometimes it's important to film practice as well yeah. and let them see some of those things as well. So I think I think just like you said, be proactive with it as far as talk to those kids. about. Don't dodge them. And we've all done that. We've all had that kid that we know we're not going to play, and consequently we find ourselves dodging them because we know they're not happy, and you don't have anything that you can tell them that's going to make them happy. But that's really all that's doing is creating a blister in your locker room possibly or a blister between you two guys, and it's best to just face it. Yeah. And then and then maybe there's some decisions to be made after that. So. Sure. I, I think uh, one of the best quotes I ever heard of, from this was uh, Coach uh, Henderson that I worked for at Marcus. He said, problems are never solved without confrontation. And confrontation doesn't have to be negative. Confrontation just means you have to confront the issue. And so 
as a coach and a, and a player. I know the player 10 years down the road is going to respect us more if we do it that way than dodging them, as, as you said. <laughs> so, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, now, how do you get your players to buy into their role? Because you may have a player that plays all the time, but they're not necessarily going to buy into what you want them to do. I know the team building stuff helps that we talked about last episode, but what are some specific things that you're going to do uh, on a day-to-day basis in practice and in games, on the court, off the court, that you're going to help kids and players to buy into their role? Well, I think first and foremost is you have to decide. You have to really decide those roles that you want within your team and then you've got to do a great job of selling how great those roles are. Um, you know, for instance, for us, I can tell you that uh, one, one of the years at Robinson, we had a girl that was our, our post, and we were very short that year. She was 5'5", five five, and she wasn't going to block anybody's shots. So we got her to buy into the idea that she was going to be the best charge taker in the area. And we made a huge deal about it every time she took a charge. And I'll tell you, I, I remember to this day, she took 53 charges in one year. Wow. And uh, we got excited about it when she did it. We, we She was as good as they come about it. It was a thankless role as far as uh, it hurt. And she wasn't very big. Uh, and she took them on a lot of bigger kids. Uh, but I think we did a good job that year with that role of getting her really excited about that and getting everybody else excited about it too. So I think if you've got some roles out there within your system that you need, whether it be a kid that's a really good defender and rebounder but you don't really want him to shoot, well, then you better make everybody around know that that's the role we're wanting out of that and get everybody really excited about when that kid's doing it well. And I think if you do that, then they kind of embrace that role and get excited about it and they feel good about it. Yeah, that's huge. That's really good. Um, anything else you want to talk talk to us about regarding the the player issues that may come up throughout a season, and then we'll kind of move on to the parent stuff. Anything that you can think well, of that maybe we missed? I think this, and I think that the only other thing I'd say, and it segues good into parent as well, is that one of the things that's really hard for us coaches to do, but extremely important, is to become a journal person or a document person. You know, I don't like the word document because it sounds so formal, but but become a person that journals and write down things that, and this helps with parents as well, but write down things that happen in practice or or feelings you had about things um, just because that's going to help you later on when you have some things arise because we're all going to have problems that arise. I mean, it's what we do. We're in a passionate place. Uh, people love sports, and so, you know, if you've got things that you can refer back to and remember, it also, when you start reading that stuff, you may start noticing a pattern with your, within yourself. Maybe there's times where you notice that, you know what, I get this time of year I get really irritable, and I notice I have a lot of problems with this, this, and this, and maybe I need to look at what's happening that cause that. So I'd say that with parents and with players, journal, I think it's important. I think it can really help you down the road, so... That's good, man. I wasn't expecting you to be my psychiatrist too. I'm gonna have. I need to write. I need to write that down. That's great. That's something I. Because you're right. There's a certain time of year, and it partly for me, it's the teams that we're playing. I think because we we'll, go through the go through the gauntlet. But uh, that's really good thought to to journal and kind of reflect for sure. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about parent issues. And uh, the first episode, I'll just tell a quick story. Uh, the first episode I did for these podcasts was with my dad. And uh, my dad was a uh, Marines, and he was a, kind of a big, intimidating type guy, very straight-laced. And so he just came out and said that there was a certain percentage uh, by state law that parents had to be idiots at each school. And, <laughs> and he said there was about a 10% 
you know, parent, you know, at least 10% of our parents that we're going to have to deal with are going to be idiots and there's nothing we could do about it. We just needed to kind of uh, get used to it and face the facts. So I'm hoping for a little bit more detail from you in, in, than, than what dad gave me. So why don't you just tell, tell us how you handle uh, parent issues and what you do to kind of keep parents on the same team, so to speak, as, as your program. Well, I, I think one of the things that's really helped me over, over the years is I tried to have a little bit of a paradigm shift in the way I looked at parent issues. And the, what I mean by that is um, we all want to coach in a situation where people are loved and are passionate about your sport. There is nothing worse than to be a basketball coach in a place where nobody cares about it. And so with that passion that you want, with that interest that you want, you need to understand that there's going to become problems with it. So once I started thinking it from a different point, instead of saying, gosh, I wish I didn't have any parent problems, I started thinking of it as, you know, this is an attachment to the fact that people are interested in what we're doing and they love what we're doing and they're passionate about it. it I, I've had a little bit more, I guess, patience with the idea that I was going to have to deal with parents. So um, so I, th I think that's the first thing you can do is, is try to have a little bit better attitude about it and maybe look at it as a positive. At least people care about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I can tell you I don't have very many cross-country parent conferences. Yeah, um, yeah. And consequently, that's kind of because no one really cares about cross-country for the most part. Um, but I have a lot of basketball ones, and I, and I welcome those from that, sta from that standpoint. Um, so I think that's one piece of advice I give. But the, the second thing I would tell you, and I know people say this all the time, but I think it's extremely important – have a parent meeting. You need to meet with all your parents, and you need to tell them your philosophy. You need to tell them what you believe. That doesn't mean you have to go over plays, but you need to tell them what you believe, and you need to start from the beginning setting up that communication channel. What is that supposed to look like? How are they supposed to come talk to you when they have this? And be specific. You know, little Johnny doesn't play. What do you want him to do? How do you want them to deal with those feelings? When should they deal with those feelings? Where should they deal with those feelings? And start communicating and training those parents and start them when they're in junior high and talk to those people about what you want that communication to look like. Um, if you do that, at least you've coached a lot of these people up on what, it, what, what you want them to do. The second thing I'll tell you that I think is important is, and this is just kind of a rule I have, uh, but you've got to include those kids in on any of those parent conferences you're having if you can. Yep. Um, I, you know, parents do not like that, but and parents, will, you know, we've all heard this. I, Johnny doesn't want you to know I called you. Well, Johnny needs to know because this affects our relationship, and so Johnny needs to hear it. And I tell all parents that that there's we're not going to have secret conferences. And obviously, if it's something that's sensitive, if it's something that happened in her life, and maybe that's a situation. I mean, there's always an exception to the rule, but but if, if it's about basketball, well, then I need to tell Johnny. And Johnny may need to sit in on that parent conference so we can all hear our sides. Yeah. And so I think that's a big part of it is include those kids in with those parent issues. Yeah, one of the best things I ever did was was starting to was start including the player in, in the parent meetings. And in those meetings, I would try my best not to get emotional, not, not make it emotional, uh, plea with the parent. The parent would get really emotional. Well, now the, the player sees that. He sees that, yes, the coach cares about me but he's not getting emotional mom is getting really emotional and the player you know for us we make the player come first it, it's a it's a coach player meeting first and then after that coach player meeting if it gets to the next level then the parent can definitely come in too but 
hopefully that the relationship with the player and the coach is not strained because of a parent coming in because the player has already heard everything that the coach is going to tell the parent. And so, right. um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of merit in having the player in there as well. And then it's not a, he said, she said, because I always include an administrator, uh, in, in our, in our meeting too. So I, I think there's a lot of different ways to handle that. Right. And I think the best thing you've done there is you have a plan. I mean, it's obvious that you know exactly how you want those parents to do those things in the system. Uh, you know, when you get into these random meetings where you're just going and meeting with somebody and you don't have a plan in place of how that should happen, when the kids should be involved, when the kids should not be involved, I think that's exactly what you said. That's when the meetings get emotional. And anytime you said it on the head, anytime you get emotional in those meetings, you're in trouble. You really are. You're gonna put. You're gonna end up saying something you wish you hadn't, or doing something you wish you hadn't, and you get yourself in a little bit of trouble. One one thing also I want to mention because this is a real sticking point for me because I was so bad at this my first couple of years at Bryan High, and Coach Reese, John Reese, uh, really saved my tail a couple of times because I was bad in parent meetings. Uh, one thing that I also want to mention is if you have administrators that support you, then you are never wrong in a parent meeting. If you're following your, your plan and you you have had the parent meeting as a whole before the season starts and you've met with each player individually already and talk about their role and then you then then you get to this parent meeting part, you should never be wrong and that should give you confidence as a as a coach because you're following your plan and your administration backs you. I think that gives you a lot of uh, confidence in what you're saying if you're doing things the right way. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I, and I think that you did something else there that I think is important. It's tell your administration your plan. You know, sit down with your principal, your AD, or whoever it is that you think is going to be most involved with those situations and, and tell them, this is my plan, this is my system, because then when they know those things, because people will go to them. They, yeah. they will go straight to them. And when those people know what your policy is and they can tell them, hey, his policy is that, you know, you need to send your child first to meet with them and then you can meet with him, then it always helps. There's not any loopholes. There's not any going around people. So I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being with us on this second episode, Coach. We're going to switch gears here with uh, part three of our podcast and talk to you more uh, as an athletic director than as a basketball coach. So, Coach, thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, enjoyed it. Thanks so much.